This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, are you in the sunken place? Are you perhaps your own tether? We talk about how to regain your authentic black voice after code switching. Also, can you be black from uptown, listen to Killer Cam and be anti-fur? How to mind your business during Ramadan, then pay black women and support black creatives out loud. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Hold up, we got a sponsor. Oh shit, we do have a sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by the new book, Hello, My Name Is, by Rashid Hamid. Rashid Hamid debuts his first autobiography, Hello, My Name Is, about his struggles and happiness of coming out as a gay black Muslim living in D.C. Hamid shares his adventures, highlighted through all the characters he meets throughout his life that begin to shape his understanding of himself and his sexuality. Through comedy and pain, Hamid shows the brilliance of his stories in a light that brings hope to those with their own coming out struggles and successes. Buy the book today. Hello, My Name Is by Rashid Hamid is available now on Amazon.com and Kindle Unlimited. I'm not a girl. I hate that song. Well, I don't hate it. I mm-hmm. don't care enough about it to hear it. It was weird. It was weird because she was introduced to us like she was a grown sex pot. And then it was like, I'm not a girl. Yeah, it's like strange. she was never like presented as a girl. A girl. We're talking about Britney Spears for anybody who doesn't know what the heck is going on. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We, we are two women's race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and Jay. And Jay. Yo, did you hear about Foxy Brown? No. She got booed off the stage. Where? Um, Where was she? I can't remember now, but she got booed off the stage because she was rapping. The back track was playing like one verse of I'll Be, and she was rapping another verse on top of that. She started booing her. And then they started playing Little Kim to jump off towards the end of them booing her, the DJ. Tag. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Hot spot. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Oh, God. They got to dance to that. Oh, that sucks. It does. Inga. I don't like to hear about we want you to those do kind better. of losses. I want you to do better, Inga. But, uh, but, you know, doesn't she have a hearing thing? I remember that. I don't know if she still had a hearing Right. Thing. Right. Tag. Yeah. But even her own person, the hype man was like, hyping the wrong verse with her you know what honestly it's so funny that you say this because we're gonna talk a tad about safari later (laughs) but he's the only hype man that i've seen for a woman Uh that i feel like is a competent supportive motherfucker Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i feel like a lot of hype men for women like they don't care they're just showing up they're just there for the check they're there for themselves. They're there to they center themselves. It's not about supporting the artist who's on stage, yo, because people do not support black That's women. That's what the fuck it look like. Because he could have tapped and been like, Inga, we going to verse this one. Yeah. You know something. Yeah, he could have did anything. Tag. Yeah. That's terrible, yo. Libations to Safari. 
<laughs> if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, the podcast. you can do so by using our hashtag hashtag T with QJ um, you can use it on all the social means we love when you use it we retweet it we like it and we see what you have to say about the show also use the hashtag pod in that is a now listening hashtag and that's so other people know that you are listening to T with Queen and J that's right yeah, can yes. you tell the people what libations are I definitely can libations so libations are where we pour some for the homies, the ancestors, the people, places, and things that give us black ass motherfucking joy. Our libations. That's right, That's yo. Happens. That's right. Do you have any libations this week? Yeah, so I want to pour libations to a listener who is the only person who remembered the freedom song from Bebe's Kids. Um, no, it was like two people. I only saw one. Okay, that's um, cool. And her name on Instagram is brownlies9802. So I appreciate you. You were raised correctly because you know the song. You know Bebe's Kids. And the other person whom I didn't see on social media, mm-hmm. y'all were raised right because y'all know the song from Bebe's Kids. So libations to both of y'all. All right. Okay, okay. all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Congratulations. Yes. Okay. What are your libations, Jay? My libation this week is Safari. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know who Safari is, he is Nicki Minaj's former, I would say, business partner, hype man, one of her writers. And partner. Ex-partner, yeah. yeah like Romantic like partner. Romantic partner as well. Why, are we, why am I pouring libations for Safari? All right, so everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> How you do that, Matt Love? <laughs> everybody knows. So everybody has heard about this abortion bill shit passing, and honestly, it's been bumming us the fuck out. And so yeah, I been, needed. I've been yelling on Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's been it's it's been a lot. Yeah, it's been a lot. It's a lot. And so I have been retreating and like on like a mental vacation, and then just like. We've been working a lot and shit, so I've just, like, been, like, I just wanted to laugh at shit yeah. and, like, chill or whatever. And um, Safari was on the internet showing his ass. When is he not showing his ass? Right. Or right. his penis. Well, this time he wasn't he showing his physical does ass. that often. Yeah. So Safari shows up to what, I don't know if it was an anti-fur rally or a fucking pro-fur rally. I still don't fucking know. I know that New York is trying to ban... Um, People have fur? pro fur. Oh, like there was a pro fur, pro fur one, and then there were anti pro fur people. There. I don't right. Like I don't know okay. who started it. I don't know which was what, but New York is trying to ban. From what I gathered from this post that I yeah. saw, that New York is trying to ban fur, and that would. What I saw the uh, quote unquote pro fur people are rallying was like jobs, like folks who are going to lose jobs within the industry yeah. and shit like that, but. Those people should just be, like, placed into other positions or find them other jobs or you, whatever you really, the fuck. When do people take that care when it comes to like, Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> no, no one does. That type of shit never yeah, happens. Not gonna happen. So I understand their, their position of, like, you know, you ban it and then these people just don't have jobs. Like, there should be a comprehensive plan for that. But Safari was out there just defending his right to wear fur. Mm-hmm. Which, let me be clear, I, I am not pro-fur. I don't buy fur. Like, that's not my thing. I don't need. I don't think we need to have it. The only fur that I wear is something vintage. My grandma has one in her closet. Yeah, that's, if she that's gives the it to me, I'll wear it. Yeah. I'll, buy, I'll buy a fur at, like, a thrift store. Like, mm-hmm. it's already been, like, 
through people. Right. You know, like it's I, right. I don't feel like I've had to kill an animal for that. Yeah, and we're from right. uptown. That's like a part of our culture is, yeah. is wearing fur. Furs. And I think that our stance on not buying fresh and new fur is very not uptown. And so we're being progressive. <laughs> <laughs> okay? We're being progressive. So you will never find me at a, a fucking pro-fur rally. On the other hand, even though I am, I am legit like not about this fur life and also even though i struggle with this i would like to maybe at some point not eat animals or whatever but that's my own personal thing you will never see me playing patty cake with pita or at a fucking anti-animal abuse rally either because of the way that a lot of those protesters i feel like conduct themselves and respect animal life in ways that they don't respect human life bless specifically and particularly black human life Mm -hmm. and so safari is at this rally defending his right to wear fur no fur bear no fur bear no fur bear our choice our right leave us alone leave us alone Stop picking on us. Leave us alone. Animal abuser. I didn't do it. Go to China with that. This is America. Worry about these hundreds of black men being killed every day. Worry about that. Y'all go worry about police brutality. You go. Fuck you, idiot. Go suck your mother. When the point of your blood clot, mother puts you on. Go suck on the mama. Do not some blood clot, idiot. The reason I bring this up is because this whole little 45 second video, it brought me so much joy and laughter. <laughs> it was just fucking funny and, and so ridiculous it on was. so many it levels. Really so many levels. First you know where of his all, love of fur came from? Like why he always wants to wear fur and what? shit like that? Because he used to look up to Cameron. And Cameron wears a lot of fur. Uptown niggas. Yeah. Uptown. Yeah, that's what yeah. he was like. He's like, like, that's an uptown thing. And when he and was... he admired that. Right. So that's why that's, that's like, become his thing. When he was walking, I was like, I know he's from Brooklyn, but this is some uptown shit right here. Like, even, like, strutting... Okay, so let me get into the few reasons, the reasons why I enjoyed this. Yeah. Number one, Safari, why are you there? Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's out there, and he's screaming, leave us alone! Like, something... <laughs> Like somebody is really doing something yeah, to him. Like, yeah, like that's an attack happening. Yeah, like no one is doing anything to you. No. First of the all, the people really close to him are people who know him, right? Like the, the aren't the anti people like at the the ranks or like the sides? Like I think so. They're it not was, like right yes, next to him. They're yes. gonna be like, leave me right. alone. They're not like yeah, right. no one. No one is bothering him. <laughs> but that was a part of his chant, like the right to wear fur. You know, we should let us do what we want. Leave us alone. Like, like. Like, if something was really, like, some of his rights were really being taken away or whatever. Like, you don't need to wear fur, bruh. You don't have to do it. Like, if you lose that right, you don't, like, that's not. So, first of all, I'm I'm laughing because why are you there, Safari? And it's hysterical. Like, he was in, he was in the middle of, like, what looked to be, like, a hundred fur workers. Like, mm-hmm. standing there in a whole ass fur. I think he he also looked to be the only black person there. It yeah. was just, like, silly and ridiculous. How you even know about this march? Why are you there? Right? So, I'm, first of all, I'm laughing at that. I'm also laughing at, like... Because black people have been so oppressed, there's a certain delight that I get out of watching a black person do something like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like the absurdity of him being there, the absurdity of him to even have them hours in the day to spend out there like being foolish was funny to me, especially because 
he was out there with white folks who also had the time for that. Yeah. And a part of what we know about a lot of these, unfortunately, a lot of animal rights activists Mm -hmm. um, or white people, unfortunately, again, a lot of white people at any protest, you're not going to see them at a Black Lives Matter rally Mm -mm. ever, ever. They don't show up for other humans in the way that they will show up for animals. You know what I'm saying? And so there's a nuance to watching this black dude out there in the name of wearing fur, which I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Right. But the nuance of him being out there, like yelling at whatever other white people had time to be out there that day. Uh It was funny to me. It was funny. And again, even though I'm not pro fur watching him, just merely walking around in a fur like making white people upset and there's always time for that that made me laugh (laughs) he then goes into um because i guess people are yelling at him for wearing the fur of course Mm -hmm. but he then goes into what a lot of us think about PETA as black people Mm -hmm. like a lot of you know he's he's goes into this thing about well go 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 march for police brutality go spend your time on that is black men dying every day is black folks dying yeah. every day and y'all don't ever talk about that like go you know get out of here whatever so the absurdity of him walking around in his fur and then saying something that like that is actually true like yeah. that's some, the way that peter goes hard for animals and even some of the imagery that they use is wild insensitive to black folks very insensitive. like who, who are you talking to mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying this the society does not give a shit about black people right so you're using our struggle oftentimes peter peter will use imagery that um, yeah, I saw an image where there was like a pig hanging from a tree and then like a person hanging from a tree. Mm-hmm. And we already know the history of lynching in this country right. and how that is not something that black people here are ever going to take lightly. Yeah. You know, just shit like that. That's just really annoying. And then Peter, my beef with Peter is generally they tend to put the labor on fixing these problems on the consumer mm-hmm. rather than like yelling well they do kind of show like the mass industry and the way capitalism mm-hmm. affects it but it's i always see it as if they're yelling at us mm-hmm. you stop eating meat you right. stop wearing you know like and not like i don't generally see like the big thing of like yelling at the capitalism involved mm-hmm. with why this stuff is a problem because it right. becomes a problem because of the capitalism involved in it not because of like the people using it like yeah you make it a mass protection thing mm-hmm. then it's always going to be a problem right and then also the like there's an element of elitism and being able to afford to not to eat meat and still eat healthy yeah, and all that exactly. stuff or whatever like like a lack of discussion around making animal rights and shit accessible mm-hmm to everybody you know and then they also don't mind utilizing black pain into telling their story Story. like showing somebody if if you know that black people are the ones who are typically hanging from a noose and shit in this country Country. right you create this ad you fucking re-traumatize all of us to tell to tell what story to who you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like this country does not care about our history of being hung and shit they don't care anyway so are you talking to us about this problem like what what is this what is this so Mm -hmm. i just find them to be thoughtless and the white folks that i know who have been extremely passionate about animal rights would not find themselves like caught dead they wouldn't be caught dead at a black lives matter rally they wouldn't be yeah they would you know what i mean so it's just this this major contradiction that 
that made him being out there fucking hilarious, Mm -hmm. you know? So him saying that, and then it gets passionate, and he just starts, like, cursing him out in Patois. He said that one of the white male protesters said something, said something like, like black ass, like said something to him with black. Oh, with racial overtones. Yeah. So yeah. then that's when he went off. That's Got when it. it was like, <laughs> so you it. Yeah. That's when it turned to that. Because yeah. I think for him it was yes, he really wanted to be out there, but Safari is a ridiculous ass person. Like yeah. he's ridiculous, and, which I, and I delight in that. He's going to be ridiculous, yeah. you know, like whatever. But I, someone in the crowd said something with a racial undertone. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what, and then that's when it was like. <laughs> That's yeah. what he broke in the It was like, nah, son. It was just very New York to me. It spoke to my spirit. It was nice to see something ridiculous and also like true. And it was just a lot of nuance to that shit, yo. Mm-hmm. It was a lot like somebody hit me on Twitter and was like, because I, I reposted it. Like, this makes me feel a lot of things, but mostly this is that this is fucking hilarious. Because I had a lot of feelings like, dude, why are you out here? Why are you in that fur? Yeah. But also... You're hilarious, and I would also join you in this fight of foolishness because <laughs> it's fucking funny. But yeah, there's a lot of nuance when it comes to black folks and our relationship to fur and animal rights and shit like that because it's always isolating. that Those messages are always isolating yeah. of black folks. There's an article going around. I haven't, a New York Times article that I saved. I haven't read mm-hmm. yet, but it basically talks about fur becoming this horrible taboo thing to have when black people started being able to mm. purchase fur and like have it as a status symbol right. and then all of a sudden now it was like no mm-hmm. you know animals blah blah, blah. Right. i didn't read the whole article though so mm-hmm. but yeah that's an interesting take on that too yeah no it is it is so yeah nuance and shit yo i was enjoying my black joy on twitter and somebody was like i hope this means you're not pro fur it's like so much happening in this video so much language being spoken here that you don't even understand i saw that too i was like oh okay yeah (laughs) like it's a lot happening there's a lot happening in this video but that person probably have the luxury to not see all the things happening right 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 yeah yeah sometimes because we are not allowed to move freely in this country, sometimes watching a black person, even in moments when they're wrong, like watching him saunter about in his fur freely, making white people upset. Like and uncomfortable. White, yes. A certain type of white folk. I'm a New York. I know what those people look like. I know what their vibe is, what their energy is. Okay. Watching them out there be upset and uncomfortable and knowing I would never see those people defending the lives of black folks anywhere ever. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was some bridge and tunnel shit. You would never see them anywhere else. Nope. I enjoyed the fuck out of that. Yeah. And um, Safari is, is a carefree black boy. So live your best no, life. No, he is man. though. Live your he best fucking life. He is though. Safari. So yeah, that's my libation. <laughs> Queen, yeah. can you tell the people how and why to donate to Tea with Queen and Jay podcast? Yes. So donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. That helps us to sustain this podcast, progress this podcast, and keep the lights on for this here podcast. You can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com. Scroll down on the homepage, and there is where we give you two options. Two The first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can put however much money you want, however many times you want. There is no commitment there. And the second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for only $2 a month. $2! You can give more or less. That is up to you. We like to give you choices, but we are only asking for $2 a month. Other ways that you could um, donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. 
that are not monetarily are by subscribing to this podcast, sharing this podcast, rating and reviewing this podcast on whichever app you listen to us on, telling a friend. Tag us in those posts where people ask for a podcast. That's right. Write about us. Tell people every time that you fuck with something that we do that you like. Girl. Every time you listen, hello. Every time you listen to our podcast, if you're on Apple it. Podcasts, uh, hit the fucking star, yo. Hit the five star. Yeah. You know, if you don't have time to leave a comment, just fucking hit that star. It matters. Yeah, exactly. Tweet about us. Um, post about us on Facebook. Whatever social media platform that you use, let people know what is giving you joy, black ass joy for that day. That's right. You know, those are ways that you can contribute to Tea with Queen and Jay that cost you that is right if you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization or do a live show or consult you can also send us your t-mail at t with queen and j at gmail.com do you want to give the people our donation libations this week yes so we got one new patron her name is jasmine hey Jasmine. jasmine thank you and we have two paypal donations and one is from geos fuma okay yep okay and then we have a number. Well, Geo's from Ma actually oh, left a message. message. And they say love from Jackson, Mississippi. Hey. Thank you. And then we also got a donation from Liliana. Thank you for thank the donation. Thank you, Liliana. We appreciate you. Do it thank in my you diamond so much. voice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of donations, we are throwing our fourth annual juneteenth celebration rocking you rocking you rocking you on wednesday june 19th from 6 to 10 p.m at vaughn the reason why i bring it up right now is because all of our events we throw we throw two events a year and then we do other shit throughout the year that comes up but every year we guarantee do our pot and live nyc event and our juneteenth event and both of those events are free Mm -hmm. and so your donations that you give us around this time go directly into funding that shit so if if you were thinking about donating, if you keep like, oh, I'm going to do that as soon as I have time or you keep forgetting or whatever. And now is a great time to remember to do that shit because we could use it like right around yeah. now. Also, if you are on our Patreon and you like switched your card or yeah. anything like that, just update your payment information if you still want to donate um through Patreon for Tea with Queen and Jay. That is correct. So for anybody who doesn't know what Juneteenth is, that is the first recognized black American holiday. It is the day that slaves in Texas received word that they were free. This is several years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed because slave masters were, of course, not letting slaves know that they had been freed because they wanted to continue to get that free labor. And it's the only known holiday celebrating our freedom from slavery and unfortunately slavery has defined so much of our experience here in the u.s that um to me it's important to celebrate the day that that shit ended you know what i'm saying the day that people recognized yo this is like we're free now we can fucking live our best lives and shit and so our party is a celebration of being black living our best lives it is taking place after work and if you work during nine to five hours or whatever, come through. Yep. It's a good time. We it always is, have fun. It, it is, is a, really a kickback. So mm-hmm. we'll, the RSVP link for that will be up soon. So just keep a lookout on all our social media and you will see it there. And you have an event coming up. Yeah. So for the second year in a row, I will be at the Carefree Black Girl Cookout. Carefree Black Girl is a, a cookout tour. They go around all around the um, U.S. It's pretty dope. I'll be at the Brooklyn one for... June's Mix Vixens IRL. That is where we do our lives events. And 
I'm excited. I'm going to be doing an affirmation and intention setting workshop. Um, I'm going to be doing about three of them because the event is from two to seven. So like I can't do a workshop for like two to fucking seven. And yeah, so I'll be helping folks get their bad bitch energy up and together. And it'll be on June 15th from two to seven, like I said, at Herbert Von King Park in Brooklyn. And um, I will have the link in the show notes. It's a free event, free RSVP, just RSVP so they know how many people to expect to come to mm-hmm. the cookout. Yeah, okay. RSVP, for, put a fucking blanket or towel or head wrap in your bags. So you can sit in the grass and shit. I had a great time when I went last year. It's just a nice, chill day of black girls being outside, Joe. I enjoyed that shit. So last year, yeah. we reviewed Netflix. She's Got a Habit series um, uh-huh. by Spike Lee, and mm-hmm. it is coming back to Netflix for season two. If you listen to our reviews... For from, some reason. For some reason. If you listen to it, maybe, maybe to try again. I don't know. If you listen to our reviews from last year, we did a review series called We Gotta Have It, and we didn't particularly love it, but it's interesting analysis. If you loved She's Gotta Have It, the series, um, if you hated it and you haven't heard our reviews, check it out. You will enjoy it. You will learn something. We did five episodes. We'll put the link to that playlist in the show notes. But anyway, the series is coming back. We're going to watch it. It comes back, I think, on the 23rd-ish around that date or 24th. But we're going to watch it if we like it. We are going to do another review series. If we don't like it... It'll be one episode. It'll be one episode. One. But we are going to review it in some capacity. So definitely, if it's your thing, definitely check it out. If you haven't listened to our review series, go back and check that out. The link to that, again, will be in the show notes. Yay. So, you ready to get into the show? I am fucking ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Cool. So, Jay. Hey. What kind of tea are you drinking? I'm drinking um, a cold chai latte. Okay. And I, it would be iced, but I don't keep ice in my apartment. Sorry. Strange. Strange woman. What are you having? I'm drinking the same thing you're drinking because you made it for me. And I'm your friend and you like me. Um. Okay. What are your <laughs> What are your pronouns? She and her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, and them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm enough. I'm affirming that I am a bad bitch. That's something I always affirm. I'm affirming that I'll be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. Because you got to be specific with these shits. Mm-hmm. No trauma. No weakness. Yes. I affirm that I'm in a healthy relationship and that we will continue to grow stronger because that's my boo thing. And it's cute. It's cute. I want it to stay cute. So okay. I affirm that it's going to stay cute. Good. I support these affirmations. Yes. Jay, what are you affirming for yourself? I affirm that I am not a lady. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that my apartment is paid for. Mm-hmm. All my rent is paid all the time, every day. Can you pay her bills? Can you um, I affirm that I am wealthy, I am self-employed, and my finances are abundant. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma, and I am healthy and all that good shit. Dope, dope. So we got an interesting letter about code switching, and we know that a lot of you all experience that, and a lot of us navigate the world in ways in which um, are not necessarily true to ourselves so that we can survive and shit. We've talked about this before. But what's interesting about this letter is that it seems like the writer didn't know that they were code switching, and I thought that was interesting. I think they knew they did. I just don't 
I don't think they knew how much they did it. Uh, okay. Like the extent of how right. much they code switch. They probably maybe now they think maybe now they know they code switch. Uh -huh. Even when they don't know right. that they've code switched, I that think. Is, that yeah. is scary as fuck. Okay. All right, I'm going to read the letter. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Queen and Jay. Oh, no, this says, hey, Q and Jay. Mm -hmm. So, a little while ago, I decided to make a podcast about comics. The two people I recorded with are both great guys, but both very white. So, are they great? No, I'm joking. Ha! <laughs> I listened to the I listened to the recording several times and it left a strong taste of mayonnaise in my mouth. I'm black, yo. Blackity, blackity, black. I was raised in the projects, roaches and rats, crackheads out back selling their mama's sofa. Black. Oh, a song. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a rap song. Sorry, that's a rap song. Forgive me for not reading it in the, <laughs> the way that that line is supposed to go. I apologize to um, whatever hip hop head. <laughs> Is like you read it like he was reading the right children, now. like he was reading the children's I, books. I really did. I really. I did. was raised in the projects. <laughs> I was born by the river. However, back to the letter. However, when I get around white people, the code switching is automatic, which is fine sometimes, especially in white spaces, which is most of the time when black people don't feel safe, which is all the time. Right. But I'm the boss. I made this shit. It's all me. Yet I find myself always deferring or trying to make white people feel comfortable with my quote unquote mid-Atlantic accent. There was no way I could post that shit with my voice like that. I know we need to hear ourselves more, especially because of y'all. I've listened to and loved your recent episodes about Black Sense and code switching. I love Queen's voice, especially as she says she's never been taught to code switch, leaving her culture unfiltered. I say this with mad love and respect. She, sound like, she sounds like she has a mouthful of marble sometimes, the way she slurs her words, and I love it. I usually don't hear people like us sounding like us, probably because we're trying to please them, white people. I've been taught... I've been taught to code switch by my grandparents from a very early age to enunciate each syllable. I also belong to a lot of social groups through my jobs that are traditionally white ass spaces, a.k.a. the army, FDNY and that type of shit. I fear that being in spaces where white people are always in charge, America, has gotten me fucked up somehow. I can't even the be world. the world. I can't even be me on my own shit. How can I fix it? How can I unfuck myself? I've decided to find other POC to work with on podcast ventures and to just work with more POC in general. So I know my voice will sound how it should. And I can say nigga every other sentence without looking over my shoulder. I need to fix my space, but how can you be yourself in a white space when you've been taught not to your whole ass life, son? Like, I was so scared when I realized it. I was like thinking in my head, how do I really talk like this or like that? Then in my head, I said, dead ass, though. And I knew I, and I knew I was still me. <laughs> it was scary as fuck. Like that movie. Sorry to bother you. And I'm sorry for rambling. Much love, Ron. Thank you, Ron, for Thanks, sharing Ron, this with for us. This, this nightmare. This is Jordan Peele's next uh, film. <laughs> Get in. <laughs> Get back into your body, bro. Work. Get back so in. So you're a tether. <laughs> Yo, you are your tether. You are a tether. You're right. And you're trying to like relearn language. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I'll start. I think you're kind of in a, going in the right direction by... One, I don't... I didn't hear the show. So when I first started hearing myself being recorded, I didn't think I sounded like myself either, even though I talked like myself. Okay. Because you hear yourself differently in a recording versus how you hear yourself when you're like 
um, talking mm-hmm. in general, you know. So like playback, you kind of always sound different, that's, even that's though a good you point. aren't sounding different. So it could be some of that. So like maybe you should have let another black person <laughs> listen to it mm-hmm. to see what you sound like. Um, but I do think that you're taking a step in the right direction by having people around you who um, sound like you. Sometimes people just mimic what is around them. True. And if you are a person who code switch, if that is around you, you're just going to just do it not involuntarily, like mm-hmm. not even knowing. You know what I mean? So like it does make sense for you to like do this podcast with people who kind of sound similar to you. Mm-hmm. I've never done any kind of audio anything with people who didn't sound different from me. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't even know. I don't go about code switching, but I if if I'm around people with Caribbean accents, event like I'll do a little bit, mm-hmm. or if I, you know, like that's like kind of like I think sometimes a natural thing. Yeah, that there happens when you're that. around people. Mm-hmm. So like it could be some of that. And since you were taught to code switch, like it's now at a point where you involuntarily do it. Like you don't yeah. even know it. So like I do think it's smart for you to do this show if you want to sound like whatever you think your black authentic self is is to do it with other black folks mm-hmm. yeah so then maybe you won't feel you won't involuntarily switch up yeah. like that and shit right. and then maybe because it sounds like you're in so many white ass spaces All you need to yeah you yeah. need to like get in some black ass spaces more often so that you can whatever switch that happens when you code switch in the and that way, mm-hmm. maybe won't flick to that side so much if you're around right. black folks and black faces. Being around people who talk whatever you think black talk sounds like mm-hmm. more often, then your body won't just switch right. <laughs> like that as much, you know? Yeah, you retrain yourself to be more comfortable with whatever your authentic self is. And they were at Pod and Live NYC, so I hope that, that that helped maybe a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, be in more black spaces. Yeah. I I would um, assume because I know that a part of me not involuntarily code switching in that way mm-hmm. or th- using it as much as a survival tool as other black folks probably using it is because I grew up in very like very black spaces. Yeah, and then I didn't for the most part. And by and by grew up that includes like your schooling was like yeah black, my schooling black was schooling. very black. Like from the administration point of view, administ- like the whole yeah, like instruction. Princi- I didn't have everything. a white principal until high school. Right. Um. I didn't have white teachers until I think mid elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um. But my principal was still black. You know, like just stuff like that where yeah. um it wasn't people not indoctrinating me on whiteness and mm-hmm. the ways that other right. children are. And you weren't being marginalized at school. Yeah, I wasn't being marginalized at school. No one was really, um, I don't, I'm pretty sure people have corrected me, but I, that's not something that was hugely a thing for me. Like mm-hmm. I think, and I think it's because in my house, it wasn't like this huge thing. Um, where it was like, don't say ain't or blah, blah, blah. like right. that wasn't like a thing in my family. Mm-hmm. So even if someone in the outside world did it, it was just like, my mother ain't say it, you know, like that kind of like mm-hmm. stuff. So it never really stuck out to me to think about what I sound like right. ever. I don't think about those things in a way that other black folks probably do, Yeah, you know? So I was raised to code switch as well. And I have, um, retaught myself how to calm the fuck down and like because really it's it's a it's a discomfort like once you learn that you're doing it once you're like oh shit this you you realize all of the labor that you're putting your body through that you're putting your spirit through in the code switching but it really because code switching is so normalized for black folks and other people of color it is 
hard for a lot of us to even realize is happening, for a lot of us to even realize we're doing that extra labor. Recognizing it is the first step in unfucking yourself and in in undoing some of that. Mm -hmm. And thinking about how do you want to feel? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you want to feel when you're recording your podcast? How do you want to... What does being safe and being comfortable and being yourself, what does that look like? Because I, I can imagine that... There are aspects of being in your military space and being in your um, FDNY space that are things that you have learned to make yourself comfortable and make yourself fit and be okay in a certain way. But it's not if you were able to create your own reality mm. in all of those ways it you whoever you are in those spaces probably wouldn't be whoever you are in yeah. your own reality i want to add that so i say often how i don't code switch blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so like i want to i guess describe what that means so okay. like i think when people think of me saying i don't code switch that they think that i um I'm using slang or like I'm like, you know, sign like, your pity on a running kind, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm right. not doing that at work, but mm-hmm. I still have the same diction. Like I'm not using slang. I'm not cursing. I'm not whatever, but I'm still going to have the same diction. I still have the same tone. I noticed that when I was working retail on fifth Avenue, that for a second, I would make my voice this higher pitch thing yeah. a little higher. Cause you know mm-hmm. why people talk up there. Yep. And then one day I was like, what the fuck am I doing that? And then mm-hmm. I just stopped. Mm-hmm. So there's things about our voice that we do when we code switch that isn't slang that right. isn't um i still i was i speak correct in quotations whatever correct english is i do speak in that way when i'm at work mm. but i still sound very much like myself right. like i'm not, i'm not there's something else that happens too when we code switch mm-hmm. with our pitch it's a lot of layers with, to it yeah with how fast we talk or how slow we talk or how we drag certain words and you know stuff like that that I don't do or think about mm-hmm. even if I'm in a space where now in this space I'm not with my friends so I'm not gonna be like turn up you know yeah. even though I do say that word but um, you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I, I want people to know that when I'm saying I don't code switch it doesn't mean that I'm walking around 100% talking the same way that I'm talking on this podcast right. you know what I mean but I'm, I still sound like myself even if I'm like I don't know in whatever people call a professional space and blah 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 you know something like that I don't like go to the left and it's like, who's this? You know how sometimes you're like in these white spaces and it's like, who the fuck <laughs> is this when they code switch like to that extreme, mm-hmm. like in that way. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to make sure I say that so people get an understanding of what that is when I say I don't code switch. Like right. I, I sound just like this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm like in other spaces, like you're not so at work going, nah, girl, you bet, uh, uh, actually, I do kind of, but I know you do it sometimes, <laughs> but it's different, like it's different levels to that, and no shade to whoever is at work going, uh, uh-uh, girl, like yeah. that's that could be what's most comfortable for you and like who you are and all that shit, and usually it's like, but for me, at work, not even at work, just in the world, people get pieces of me based on how comfortable I am with them. So yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with like race or generally like that. Like if I depends on like if I'm comfortable then I'm like, oh I could, you know, hey girl. Oh mm-hmm. that's that's crazy. Yeah. You know, like that. Um 
Yeah. Right. But I right. do, I do want to make sure that I let people know that like when I say it on code switch, I'm not saying it to to that mm-hmm. extent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was like once I realized, okay, this is something that I'm doing. I always knew I was doing it, but th- this is harmful to myself mm-hmm. and like my well being, and it doesn't feel well. And I'm not getting anything out of this, yeah. right? Because I, I sit here with these fucking white people every day and they still treat me like garbage. And I'm, I'm, I've raised my voice a few octaves so mm-hmm. that I, my voice don't sound as deep and I don't look as tall and whatever you think yeah. I am or whatever. I'm fucking speaking the king's English and shit, but you're still talking to me like I'm dumb and don't know anything. And you're still calling me like girl, like because I I worked as an assistant a Mm -hmm. lot of times and they would look at there's this fucking like mammization of black women and infantilization of black women in the workplace, especially if they work in an assistant role. So they would talk to groups of women assistants as, hey, girls, like, like, I'm a a fucking child. I'm Mm -hmm. a grown ass bitch. Okay. How about? You have to be a grown ass bitch to work here. Yeah. There's no girls here. There's no child labor. Yeah, please. Don't fucking come to my desk with that girl shit. But I'm still being abused and harassed at work. So I'm not, there's no need for me to put on this thing of, you know, Raising my voice a little bit, like raising the, the pitch and, and that doing smile all that. That smile that hurts your face yes, and all of that shit. Like yes. those are things. There's body language too that's cold switching. Everything. That I'm just not going to do. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. try to sound nicer. Like, you know, like yeah. they're, they're going to think I'm a bitch anyway. Yep. You know, like all of those things. Mm-hmm. Those are things I do not do. And those are the things that I'm talking about when I say I do not go to it yeah so these are things I had to train myself I stopped answering the phone with the higher pitch voice mm-hmm. I just started like what what voice is most comfortable for me and it's honestly it's something if you listen to earlier episodes of this podcast my voice sounds different because mm-hmm. I spent so much time like how kind of you describe here I spent so much time a lot of us spend so much time at work and yeah. so much time in white spaces and so much time having to code switch that it becomes like a part of your regular like form. Yeah. Like for me, unless I was like sitting in a room with like my siblings who I fucking grew up with me my whole entire life, mm-hmm. usually I was code switching in some way. Yeah. Even around like black people mm-hmm. sometimes. Like there are certain types of black folks who don't respect you if, if you, you don't cold switch um, if you don't play that game i'm aware yeah i know those people yes. i've met those people yes mm-hmm. yes especially for me as somebody who does not come from um like there are black folks in this country who have generations and generations of like college graduated motherfuckers and are from a certain class of like black folks or whatever that that is not my reality or my world or like my experience yeah. or anything like that and so they are I find that there's, um, as somebody who doesn't come from that, whose experience is with class and all that shit is very different, it has often felt to me that I'm expected to talk and behave a certain way even around these other white people. Like part of my experience at Vanderbilt was meeting other black folks, like different types of black folks. Mm -hmm. And feeling that pressure to be a certain type of black person that's acceptable to those black folks because like we're all expected to code switch and if you're not doing it then you're not doing black person right you're breaking the code you're not doing success right and i as another black person i can't trust that you're smart or like and then especially in college your school how do we get into the same space exactly how are we both here exactly and you're doing that 
and I'm doing exactly. this. Also, let me just say this shit because this is something that a lot of you HBCU niggas don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like when I talk about meeting different types of black folks at a PWI and their need and desire to code switch or their classism or whatever. From what I've gathered, this yeah. shit exists on HBCU campuses as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like it's black people from all over the country who are, uh, and I've talked about this before because I went to Vanderbilt and we were close to Fisk and black folks, first of all, you commune with other black folks on your PWI campus, but also we were in community with black folks from the neighboring um, HBCUs. Yeah. And I remember having several conversations with HBCU students who were so incensed that I would choose to go to a PWI. I'm like, I didn't even, I don't know anything about college. Number one, I'm at a PWI because they gave me money to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like it was such an elitist conversation as if I had a choice. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a choice. This is where the money was at. This is where the money was. Yeah. And so I came here, but no, I didn't have a choice. I didn't look and say, Oh, wow. You know, where where do I want to go? I'd love to go to an HBCU. I went on an HBCU college tour and I had a fucking blast. I would have loved that experience. I didn't have the luxury of saying this is where I want to go to college. That's not what happens to yeah. me. And I think that um, I say all of that to say about black people that we push each other to do these harmful things to one another as well like to do this code switching and like that's how you have to do it and that's the way you should be moving and living and um and it's abusive to one another it's very abusive a lot of my experiences with what kind of um nigga i should be has come have come from like other black folks trying to police that shit i just be thinking about my cocoon (laughs) (laughs) that my parents built for me (laughs) (laughs) no it's important but yeah how can you fix it so you know it's a problem so that's cool find out what space where are you most comfortable where can you most be yourself and if that's around other pocs then do that also when you remind yourself like you said you're the boss this is your space you don't have to we cater to white fragility and white tears you don't have to like do that shit yeah you know what i'm saying you don't have to do that and for me right at all for me like for example you talk about like um you need to feel comfortable. You need to be able to say the N-word every other sentence if you feel like without looking over your shoulder. I feel you, and I probably also would not choose to do a media where I need to talk freely and be myself and like do that with white people. Yeah, I wouldn't. But what I will say is that white folks who are like my actual friends, of which there are very few, I say the N-word if I feel like it, and they all know not to fucking say that shit. Like mm-hmm. that where this is not a thing that we share. This is how Janicia talks, because this is this cause I'm the black person here. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like though he's not even to me personally. Um I don't think he is worried about them saying it. I think he just is uncomfortable saying that around white people, which is something within itself. That's like that's mm-hmm. something else. Like I don't know why you're uncomfortable saying that around white people. I don't know why you like I wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I don't use the word nigga a lot, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be uncomfortable using it around white people. Right, but this is what I'm saying. There's a bunch of different layers to why people are uncomfortable with that. A part of it is thinking whatever they their opinion of you while you're saying it yeah that's what i'm saying that's what like, it that's is what, and that and, opinion could be a million different things mm-hmm. it could be why are you saying that word or is that word a bad word even when you're saying it like it's casual or you're saying it it could be a million different things but it's not worrying about what what it's they're not a factor they're a non-factor yeah that's so, the point yes that's the point they're a non-factor in that and don't worry about constantly managing 
the thoughts, the feelings, and the emotions of white people. That's one of those things that we're trained to do in white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. We do that shit for stranger white people, like for strangers, you know, for a random white person, you will see like black people like taking up for them and shit, like worrying about their feelings and their tears and all that shit because we were trained to do that shit. Fuck all of that shit. Fuck all of that. None of that shit is relevant or healthy to you. But all of this is like retraining yourself Word. to be what is your most comfortable self and like not apologizing for that and thinking about what's the worst that could happen. That's my thing. It's like if I don't do this like thinking of thinking of the world in terms of like love and fear right so if you're not having a feeling of love right now and comfort and being yourself and you're you you must be afraid of something what are you afraid of what are you afraid that people will see or do or think of you or whatever especially in this space where you're talking about you are the boss like you set the tone Mm -hmm. you know i think that also because you're doing a podcast that you still think subconsciously that it's supposed to sound a certain way and it doesn't. So, like, get that out of your head. And, like, some ideas as far as, like, you producing your podcast is, like, maybe, like, not writing scripts or, like, just bullet pointing shit. Or if you do write stuff specifically to say on the show, write slang or whatever in whatever you're writing so that it comes out in that way. Because a lot of times we we don't read things the way that we speak either. Right. You know, so you might write something for the show or I don't know, whatever. And you're going to write it in correct English because generally that's what most people do. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to read it in that way or you're going to regurgitate whatever that information is in that way. So maybe like just bullet point shit or like say, this is the stuff I'm going to touch. And then that way you can still touch the stuff, but you're still saying it in your way because you're now talking and not reading whatever is on the paper and shit like that. I know Mm -hmm. like for myself, that works for me. Like I generally work in bullet points. I don't really like write everything that I'm going to say because then I know I'm going to sound like, that Mm -hmm. and not like myself usually yeah Yeah. also just like as you're on this journey just keep in mind that like your white friends who like if you test being yourself around white folks and they like can't handle it that they're not your friends you know what i'm saying like white people who require their black friends to do a bunch of labor to like be somebody else or not say certain things around them or not challenge white supremacy if you're my white friend you are used to me sitting in front of you and talking about white people because that's what I do yeah, like all same, the time. Same. All like there's same. no there's no I don't mean you. There's I don't do, I don't any, do of any of that. Either. I talk to you about white people the same way I talk to black people about white people. And if you don't understand that, then we can't really be friends because then you don't understand the power dynamics of any of this. Yeah, and then understand the fact that you have maybe not been your full self around people for right. a really long time. So like you know, break out of that shit. Get mm-hmm. out. Get out. Get, or get in. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stop being your own tether, yo. <laughs> shit is fucking weird. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Cool. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like. Giving black women year. your money. Yes. Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, yo. Okay, okay. So, so. how do they? give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes um, twice a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvsqueenandj.com hit that donate tab Mm -hmm. we have two options there two two you become a patron 
or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandjay.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black. All the time. All right. Yeah. So. Yo. Jay, you want to get into some news that is not news? Yes. In a world where Don Lemon is considered a respectable news anchor. In a world where people respect Don Lemon. Queen and Jay bring you news that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news. Because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways. With a special segment by Don Lemon. So here's news that's not news. Our news that's not news segment is where we tell stories that are not being covered in the mainstream media or they are being covered, but not through a black womanist race nerd lens, which is kind of like a popping lens to look through. It kind of is, yo. It kind of Get your life together. (laughs) Sorry. That was interesting. Right? Okay. So so I just want to ask you a few questions. Oh, my God. A survey and a quiz. What's up? Um, so you've been noticing, remember like back in February when Nikes had those ads and they were kind of like highlighting women athletes at different stages of the career and saying, you can do it and this is snack. Yeah. Around that time when the U.S. Open said Selena couldn't, Selena. Serena. Serena couldn't wear that suit. Uh, the cat suit? Yes. Oh, that, right. Her compression suit. Yeah, her compression suit. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of, the timing was great. So then Nike released the ad kind of mm-hmm. like supporting, yeah. you know, her. So there's that. And then most recently there was an ad that was released telling women and girls, like, just do it. Like, you can do it. Like, be inspired. Do it. Woman, mm-hmm. do it. Whatever. Because it like comparing us to... Actually, it was gender equality. Gender equality. So okay. comparing us to how people treat men in sports. So like when you're angry, it's this. When he's angry, it's this. You know, like that, mm-hmm. that type of thing, right? Yeah. So it sounds great. Where were these when I was a kid? Yeah, they sound they sound helpful. Sound, you know, great. But, you know, like that's kind of just advertising. <sighs> it's not really, you know, all that amazing. So before I get into this story... And the yeah. fuck shape that is the story that is Nike. Okay. I just want to explain. This is about a track store by the name of Alyssa Mont- Montano. And she's a track runner. Just to explain the economics of track and how you run track. It's not like other sports where there's a league that pays you. Mm-hmm. Most track um, most track and field athletes get paid via sponsorships and things like that. Or they get life insurance and stuff like that via Olympic things like that. So yeah. they have to always be participating in the sport to be paid right. to get sponsorships and shit like that. Um, so Olympic runner Elisa Montano, Montano, um, she accomplished her dream, winning the Olympics, winning all these awards, being this like really big runner, whatever like that. And then she got pregnant. Okay. 
Um, Which is something that people do. It's like a normal thing. It's been happening since literally the dawn of time. Right, like right. that's like how. Break it down. So she got pregnant and that is when she learned that being pregnant is an issue for sponsorship, mainly for her, her sponsorship at Nike. So mm. a lot of sponsorships, a lot of sports sponsorships eventually start paying you if you're not performing anymore. But they don't keep into account that women have babies. Right. Um, so they do have clauses, clauses and contracts that allows you to, that gives you time off in quotations due to injuries and stuff like that to like recuperate. But none of that is long enough for a, a person to um, incubate a child. Right. And recover from And it. recover from that. Also, pregnancy is not an illness. Right. It's not an illness. So there's no clause for... Or no policy or anything for maternal, maternal anything mm-hmm. for women. Um, they do get that little bit of leeway for that illness time, but the, just the con, just like classifying it like that yeah. is a fucking problem because that is not an illness, you know, whatever. Um, so there's that. Yeah. So payment stop, and also another clause that she realized is that the Olympics will strip you of health insurance if you do not stay at the top performance of your game during your pregnancy. What? Yeah, which, huh? How am I supposed to be, like, makes no sense. Okay. None at all. Um, so I had heard of this runner before. I didn't know her name, but I heard of this runner before because it was, like, amazing because she was still running track while pregnant like up until like eight months pregnant so it was supposed to be like this big thing like oh my god she's still able to work while she does shit and blah 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 blah. but it comes out now that she was like i actually was doing that because i needed money i could not stop running because i needed money Mm. which is like whoa um a lot of stories there are a lot of athletes a lot of women athletes who have express these feelings who have these thoughts but they don't come out publicly because there's a lot of them have clauses in their contracts where they have to be confidential about this information so these things won't be changed because you can't even fucking talk about it Mm -hmm. um which is a symptom of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism They, they write that shit they write white supremacy they write capitalism they write the patriarchy into your contracts like all of that shit is in there that these things about oh you can't boycott oh you can't strike or like all of that that stuff stuff is in there to protect organizations institutions because capitalism is property over people yeah okay so i just wanted to be specific about the race that she won that she ran and won when she was eight months pregnant so Mm -hmm. that was in 2014 and i was in united states championships and i I do remember that because i meant to track and field but i remember that it was spun in the media as like wow look what women could do even yes. while pregnant. Yes. Look at this. Right. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's and I remember thinking like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like even if she wants to, like that's great. But mm-hmm. why are we spinning it like in that like why was this sensationalized in that way? Right. Cause this is what this is another thing. Like people get a kick out of the oppression of women and the oppression of like oh, black women add, in yeah, particular. Was, yeah, yeah. Black women. Okay. <laughs> but, but I, I and I think the way like the conversations like surrounding strength and like attaching perseverance and and struggle yes. to like the narratives of women as like a um 
a character trait, like yep. a, something to be rewarded. Like, mm-hmm. oh wow, look at them. You know, struggle. That's what a woman is: is struggle. Yeah, and and, and persevering yes, through and that all struggle. That shit, when like so many of the things that we do, we do because we have to, not yes. because we want to do that she shit. Not because had it to. feels so sexy doing it, or not because it's the best thing to do for ourselves and our baby health wise and shit. Mm-hmm. Like that's um that's not hot. Like even the way quote-unquote nice guys often celebrate like their wives and shit like oh she put up with so much much for me and i wouldn't be the man i am today without her because she had to do so much fucking labor to get you to be a decent fucking person it's cool that you're like giving her flowers and shit while she's still here but this has been 20 years of putting up with your fucking bullshit yes you know that's not like we need to really just put a lot of this shit in perspective. Mm-hmm. Like women are struggling and persevering over shit, hurdling over shit because we have to, not because we want to. Yeah. Yeah. Because oppression. Right. You know what right. I mean? She also, so that was with her first child. So she left Nike mm-hmm. um, because of that. And then she went to ASICS and they did pay her while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. But after she had the child, they wanted to tell her to be on the track again right away in order mm-hmm. for her to be paid so there was no maternal leave for her so yes this other place a6 allowed her to be pregnant and still get payment mm-hmm. once the baby was out it was like all right so when you're gonna start running yeah. or you're not gonna get paid um so because of that she had to start running again like right away and her doctor was like you kind of need to choose and she's like but i have like i literally have a child to take care of mm-hmm. so she also ran in a beijing olympics Mm -hmm. but that was like right after having a child so she had to like tape up her stomach was breastfeeding her doctor also told her to choose running over breast like either you run or you breastfeed you can't do both both. she did do both and her child wasn't with her when she was in at the olympics but she was pumping pumping like pumping enough milk to ship to the u.s while she was in Mm. the olympics um she made sure her tape when she taped up her stomach was visible because she's like y'all need to see what the fuck Mm. y'all are putting me through just so i can earn an income just so i can keep my health insurance because Mm. i have a child now and that child needs to be Mm -hmm. has to have health coverage and shit like that like all of this stuff that is like ridiculous so this this led her to fight for legislation for maternity leave um so women won't lose their health insurance which is now in place as far as the olympics is concerned but there's no policy for like maternity leave or anything like that for women athletes um in track and field and i would assume this is probably how a lot of individual sports are because they're not yeah. like in leagues mm-hmm. generally. They're, in this article in the New York Times, they're quoted saying that Serena Williams, which is a real case, is one of the few like women who is, like has like a maternal leave thing in her contract. But she's the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah, You have to be the fucking greatest athlete of all time to get fucking maternal leave mm-hmm. when you're a woman and that's just like the natural thing that you fucking generally right. do. Right. Like people place so much on women and birthing and but then for you to not fucking mm-hmm. give them the time and the money so they could do whatever that's the yeah. expectation you have on our wombs any fucking way mm-hmm. is ridiculous we're forced to fucking procreate and then we're not supported yeah once we do basically within this news is not news i want to give alicia 
um, a libation for libation, doing this yo. and being a black woman. Like, nah, this is yeah. nah, this is and what, sharing your this, story. What we not gonna do is. And all of this is fucking labor, yo. The fact yes, that she had to yes. deal with all of that, but even now, even though we appreciate her for sharing her story, this is labor, yo. This is labor. Does she have to like like? We gotta endure the fucking suffering, and then we gotta be the one to speak up about it. Then yeah. we gotta be the one to fucking fight for legislation for it. Because if we don't do, do it, it, nobody well, else is gonna, gonna do fucking it. do yep. it, yo. And then I'm supposed to sit in front of my fucking white friends and not say the n word. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> These are why. This is why I don't call Twitch. Right. I'm gonna do like just see all this shit. Yeah. See all the shit I have to do to just exist, mm-hmm. and I gotta like talk in a high pitched voice for y'all motherfuckers. Not. Fuck all that shit. No. I ain't doing that. Oh, but yeah, still libations to her. Yeah, cause that's a lot, and I'm sure there's many. There, there have been many women athletes who just was just like, I'm gonna just take this L, and she's like, Nah, I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But yeah, so that's today's news. That's not news. Wowza story. Okay, thank you for that, yo. Bet you didn't know that. <laughs> and that's the power console. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We were trying to work that in for a minute. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why are we like this? Are you ready to pay black women? Yes, I am. Let's pay All some right. black women. Yes. Give me your fucking money. Um, so I'm going to just let y'all know what our pay black women segment is and what it's all about. So pay black women is where we highlight black women and indigenous women businesses that need your money. We want yeah. you to spend your money with them. Black women and indigenous organizations that need your donations and need your money or time or whatever. We send you there. Or just a black and indigenous woman, an individual who just needs a guap. That's right. And we want you to give it to her. That's There's right. that. So that is our Pay Black Women segment. Yeah. So this week's Pay Black Women is, I'm not sure if it's pronounced Natasha or Natasha, because it's um the N, capital N, hyphen. Is that a hyphen, that little? I don't know things. It's capital N and then capital <laughs> Tasha. Natasha Kalua of the House of Kalua. That yeah. is um, House of Kalua dot bigcartel.com and i'll put the link to that in the show notes we actually met her at essence street style um last fall yep. right yeah yes. yes essence street style last fall and she crafts earrings she's got frames she's got um she also sells like herbs and shit on her site okay. yeah so it's she like a, tell us about that when right we were talking exactly to her. that's where i got my fibroid tea from but it's a mixed bag of black girl shit mm-hmm. on her website so i really appreciate it i bought a nice pair of bamboo earrings she, she like takes bamboo earrings and wraps them in fabric or and whatever so dope. yeah so she has a lot of different kinds up there so check her out. Check that shit out. I like seeing... I don't know why I don't have a shop where I'm selling something. I like seeing black women fucking like just sell all your shit. I don't know why either because you have a lot of shit I to sell. I have a lot of shit to sell. I went into the shop. I was like, oh, this is like all her, all her shit. That's, like, I, why don't I have one of these? I should be like selling all my shit. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I'll make one. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So visit the house of Kalua again. That's house of Kalua, And Kalua is spelled K-A-L-U-A-A-H. Um, and that's a big cartel website, the House of Kalua. They oh, she has glasses. Yeah, she sells extra quote extravagantly gaudy and fashionably exciting stuff. Dope. 
So earrings, fun glasses. Sounds like us. Yeah, I would describe it as earrings, fun glasses, and herbs. She has a lot of stuff with like onks and Nefertiti's, but it's other stuff on there too. (laughs) (laughs) If that's your wave, that's cool. Um, I would get a Nefertiti, Nefertiti, Nefertiti. a Nefertiti um, bangle because when I was a kid, I had Nefertiti bangles. Yeah, me too. So I want those again. Mm -hmm. So. I just want those again because hey, they were my life I feel once. You. I had Nefertiti bangles. I had a Nefertiti medallion. I had several like African medallion shits. Yeah. Also, oh. I'm going to tattoo Nefertiti on my titties. You're not. I just want to say uh, that. <laughs> but I know someone who can do it if you need it. Am. Shout out to Ryan. Oh, Ryan is tattooing now? Mm-hmm. But she only does small tattoos. Oh. She's, she's smart. Like She's not just like, I could do your whole... Right, and ruining people's bodies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Libations to Ryan. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to throw someone in the motherfucking pit? Always. Always. All the time. Okay. <laughs> Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. The new triple X has got to be more dangerous. Deadlier. More attitude. Is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. The pit is where we throw people, places, and things who are trying to fuck with our black ass, black joy, mm-hmm. who are trying to make us unhappy. Yes. We throw you in the pit of iniquity. I don't know what that word means, but we throw you in there. They used to say it in church. It was a bad thing. Oh, I never went there. Okay, well, it's a bad man thing. <laughs> so. Who are you throwing in the pit this week? So it is Ramadan, right? Right. And um, I'm not fasting because I just haven't done that in a really long time. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things that I've always hated when I did fast. And I just randomly thought of it today because I heard someone on a train say something stupid to a, a person who was fasting. And it okay. annoyed me. Are you in the mood? Do you care to tell anybody what Ramadan is? Um, I'm not in the mood. Okay. Google it. Um, Yeah, that's part of my... Thing. oh fantastic yes Great. um so stop asking questions you can you can <laughs> figure this shit out yourself stop right. asking questions google it with like google ramadan you can figure that out shit you can figure that shit out for yourself mm-hmm. we're just trying to fast and mind our business another reason why i'm making sure i do this pit is because i know y'all can't curse motherfuckers out because it's ramadan and you're fasting so i'm gonna do that shit for you okay Ow. here we go starting right now so right. google Look up for that shit for yourself. We don't want to fucking be your fucking Muslim dictionary. Figure it out yourself. There's too much fucking information out here for you to be asking us dumbass questions. We don't ask you what the fuck Christmas is. We don't ask you what the fuck Easter is. Because honestly, we don't give a fuck about that. Uh, me personally, I don't give a fuck about that shit. Right. And I know that I can Google that shit and figure that shit out. Because I don't ask you about your shit. So please mm-hmm. don't ask me about mine. I'm just trying to be at work or be on a train or be doing whatever, minding my business, not talking to you and explaining to you about Islam and and muslim holidays okay mm-hmm. so that's that if someone is fasting don't tell them how much you couldn't do it oh i couldn't do that all day why they oh gotta, my god why they gotta sound you like couldn't that. do that why they gotta mm, sound couldn't like be that. me couldn't <laughs> be me Mm-mm. you good for doing that mm. you really love a lot okay mm. shut the fuck up mm-hmm. shut up Shut up, because it's Ramadan right now, and I can't get buck right now, right? right? That's why I'm doing it for y'all, for everyone who's fasting, because I'm not fasting, so I got you, okay? Right? Like, it's fucking annoying. Another one that's annoying as fuck is, really? Not even water? 
Shut up. You don't got to do it. You mm-hmm. don't got to fast. It don't got shit to do with you. It don't matter. You go drink your water. Why do you care about my water intake? No, I cannot drink water right now. I ain't mm-hmm. fasting. Mind your business. You don't care about my water intake any other time of the day, That's any true. other month, any like never, any other 30 day period. Do you care about my water intake? No, the fuck you do not. Right. You do not see me and be like, hey girl, you drink water today? No, you fucking don't. Mm-hmm. So why are you doing it right now? Shut up. Mm-hmm. Mind your business. Let me fast in peace. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's and my last one is because usually during Ramadan, even if you're like if for myself, um, when I did fast, I would pray more. Like I made sure I made a point to do prayers as often as, as I could. So mm. like there are a lot of practicing Muslims in my experience who don't necessarily always pray five times a day. But when it's Ramadan, they're going to make sure that they pray yeah. five times a day. So they will pray anywhere because mm-hmm. they want to make sure that they do that five times a day right. during Ramadan. Because mm-hmm. you not fucking stare like prayer is a very intimate moment. Like I'm like I'm like having a conversation with a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Could you like mind your business and not look at me and go look at me and all of that shit? Yeah. Leave me the fuck alone. Leave us the fuck alone. And since it's Ramadan mm-hmm. and y'all can't curse him out, I got you. Leave us the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my bitch. Wow. So, Jay. I'm sorry this happened to you. It's people are fucking you. stupid and yeah. ridiculous. Like, sh- shut up. Leave yeah. me alone. What I eat literally doesn't make you shit. So mm-hmm. why do you care? Don't ask me if I could have sex. Don't ask. Like, you don't care about anything that comes with being a Muslim person ever. Yeah. Until I say, nah, I can't. No, thank you. I don't want to go on my fasting. Fasting? Mm-hmm. Ramadan? What? Not you, even water. You a Muslim? <laughs> You don't get Muslims? you give no shits right. about any of the things that I do generally when it relates to my Islam because yeah. of black Muslim ratio. You don't give a fuck. And then when I say I'm doing something that's my business, now all of a sudden you 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 wanna know mm. all the things. The other piece of this, like, is in terms of like fasting, especially for people who think this is like fasting is such a great feat, which it is for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Like it's more annoying when you're harassing someone while they're fasting. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm fucking fasting. Yes, they're fasting. They make, they've chosen to make a sacrifice. They're not eating. They're not drinking water. They're not doing whatever else is their business not to do or whatever. Like, of all the times that you could be harassing somebody, really now is the most inconsiderate time. It's not the you time. know? It's not. It's really not. Mm-mm. I don't understand. Like, what? Like, and when they ask, like, not even water, it's as if they're going to, like, tell management or something. Like, they're going to mm-hmm. go to Prophet Muhammad and be like, can you change the rules? Because yeah. my friend need to drink. You don't care. So how about you just continue not caring mm-hmm. and leave me the fuck alone while I fast? Leave me alone. Oh, that's a song? Yeah, it yes. is. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't know. That comes rest. after that. This is weird. That's a wow. weird song. I don't understand it. Okay. So that's my pit. Okay. Yes. So, Jay, mm-hmm. do you have a pit? I have two pits. Oh, okay. If we have time. If I may do my thing. Wait, let me ask you something. Yes. Not even water. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. You know what I hate? Speaking of <laughs> fasting, because mm-hmm. this is the other thing. Uh, Muslims are the only people who hello, fast. Christians fast too. Okay, I wasn't raised. Y'all walk around with some of y'all yeah. with ash on your forehead. I leave y'all the fuck alone on right. that Wednesday. That ain't that. Okay. Yes. I leave y'all alone. Mm. I never knew what that was. You know what I did? I googled it. I was like, mm. oh, okay, that's why they be doing it. Mm-hmm. I did not Google it. 
I you, think I was just you, like, what they? What? But you left them alone. Probably. I was a child. Oh, you know. were a child. Yeah, I was a child. I didn't start seeing that. I was in my very black bubble. There yeah. was a lot of Catholic people around me. I didn't start seeing that till high school. Right. No, white teachers would be coming to school with soot on their forehead. I'd be looking around like, is this just regular white people dirt, or is this something going on here? You know, because I wasn't that kind of Christian. I was unfamiliar with that. Speaking of fasting, Christians fast. This is not my pit, but Christians fast too. Like, and it's always somebody who wants to fucking tell you what they're doing for Lent, even though you ain't fucking ask. I didn't ask you what you're doing for Lent. Okay. I was raised apostolic Pentecostal. We just, we just fast because it's Friday. We didn't wait till Lent. <laughs> we just fast because we're not suffering I enough in life. Fast competition. Yes. Yo. Like we're fasting for the month of August. Why? This is fucking peak summertime. Why are we fasting? And then September hit. So we fasted all of August. So we figured we would add an extra two. What? You just some just want to suffer. Oh anyway, gosh. but anyway, outside of that, somebody always want to tell you what they're giving up for Lent and you did not fucking ask them, okay? <laughs> so I just wanted to say Christians, cultural Christians, like you all who be on your Lent shit and no one asked you about it, like, you know, check yourselves. You know what I'm saying? That's before, you, before you wreck yourself. Before you wreck yourselves. Before you wreck yourselves. Okay. Uh, my pits. Yes. I wanted to throw in the pit kind of lovingly, but also not because it's a few different groups of people who do this. Right. But like there are people who consume our like content and our media and shit who understand the value of um, black Spray. creatives oh. and media. But mm-hmm. yes, I'm going there, too. Yeah. But I, was, media, I, I jumped right in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't put my toe in. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I waiting. Put, I ain't put my toe I've in. I've been waiting At for the this. Dough. So, like, there are people who understand the importance of black creatives, but also, like, black creatives who are content creators, okay? We rely on motherfuckers reposting retweeting and talking about our shit like there's so much content out there that if we don't say oh shit have you seen this like that's how you... we know we don't have marketing budgets yes. we know that social media is our marketing budget right right exactly and that's how you get people to you know check out your shit or whatever mm-hmm. but i'm finding like the more the more i meet people the more people i meet yes the more our profile increases right like we keep meeting people within the media space who fuck with us and fuck with our content and all this shit or whatever and because it's just us we're very hands-on with like all of our social Social media media. and shit like that so usually like because i have the memory of some type of animal who has amazing memory or whatever elephant oh thank you the memory of an elephant see see that's why you know um (laughs) Because I have that kind of memory. I have the memory of a goldfish. Ha! That's funny. (laughs) Because I have that kind of memory, I will remember. I remember, like, what your avies look like. I remember different things or whatever, right? So I remember things about people that everyone, not everybody does, Mm -hmm. right? Not your name, though. But we will learn that people have been, like, fucking with us and fucking with our content or whatever, but haven't said anything to anyone about it. But it'll be like they've been fucking with, like, they'll say something that happened two years ago. Yeah, and, and it's like, like Wait, all the time? You've been, been listening with me all to this my time? Which, yes, there are things that I consume that I don't always talk about all the time, but I understand the value of, like sharing black content and like spreading the word about shit that i like so i've tried to do that when i like something especially when i like something that was made by a black creative or somebody who i know is not it doesn't have the reach right now that you know they could have have, or whatever so it's just strange to me when people 
it's, absorb see, our content. I find content. it funny, I find it funny I how. I find it funny how. You absorb and fuck with our content and you like what we do, but you don't tell other people about it or share it or like use any of our hashtags or retweet us or share it show you listen to or say that you did something cool that had to do with us or like yeah like it's helpful to us to share those things unless you have like broke us off a, a hefty sizable donation like that's great or and maybe like maybe maybe you're you in a horrible contract that tells you you can't share any yeah other black right like, right what the it's fuck? just it's it makes it's weird sometimes like people who know that i fuck with their shit like they know you fuck with they know shit. i fuck with their yeah. shit you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying or i have or and i know that people are not as um hands-on or care necessarily as much to remember shit you know, so maybe you don't remember that we talked on Twitter or whatever the fuck, I guess. But yeah. I have it. I engage with the shit that I like because yeah. that's a part of how you support black creatives. Yeah. So it's just weird to meet other black creatives who have not done any, not like to tweet, not done anything to um, to spread the word. And you don't owe us anything, but it is weird it's weird it's weird to meet people who know the game and who know the game it's weird to people who you would assume are strangers to your work right and they know they work in the, you know they work in a media space uh-huh. and then they're like oh yeah and then they can like kind of like say shit they've heard on the show or yeah. say that they went to an event or yeah. say and then it's like for the most part, me and Jay engage enough with our listeners enough that as far as New York City is concerned, right. we kind of know who our New York City people are. Right. So it's always like weird and throws me off mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, yeah, I know your show. It's and a it's, little it's, bit. It's like right. Strange. It's, it's startling sometimes to me. Like that doesn't. Yes. It feels great when I meet people who know about us and I didn't expect them to know about us. Right. right? But if they're a, if they're a fellow creative. Yes. Like sometimes we meet people in different industries and they're like, oh yeah, we I listen to okay, all right, yeah, cool. But, if you're, but they're not a creative. But if you're a rocket scientist, you listen to Tim and Greg. Yeah, that means the, I'm not gonna right. be like, why course, didn't you share? Why didn't you? Why didn't you weird. tweet about? It? Why didn't you put weird. us in your IG stories? They're weird. like, I don't have time for the for social media, right? Because rocket scientists listen to the show. They do. Yes, you're right. Just saying that. Yeah, so it just feels strange, especially because we play on social media and we see y'all share other people's stuff, right? Yeah. We see y'all share other people's stuff. We see y'all play with other people on social media, other people who you don't know, but you're engaging with them for whatever reason. I don't know if it's clout. I don't know what it is, but it's weird when niggas know us, but they don't ever like okay so i'm gonna say what it is right because you're like when you see us you'll engage with us oh queen oh jaded it's Mm -hmm. like we're like the podcast and side chicks or some shit you don't want the world to know you fuck with us but when you see us you Mm -hmm. fuck with us like what is that shit what is that shit i don't understand it we're not invited to the holiday party we're not um retweeted or reshared where you come to our events and you don't say, "Hey, I'm so and so. I love what y'all do or whatever." It's awkward. It is awkward and it makes me uncomfortable. It's awkward. You tell people you was on our show, you was never on our show ever. Yo, that's strange. That has happened. That was fucking bizarre. As hell. We, we barely have guests. Barely. Somebody was legit like 
Oh, I love that podcast. I was a guest on there. What? And I was like, and I'm happy that uh, this our, is a Wendy's. Our friend I'm tagged sorry. us in it. Ma'am, like, this is a Wendy's. Our friend tagged us in it. Like, right. I was like, what? What is going on I've here? I've never met this Lots person. Lots of weird shit. It's somebody else who keeps our name in their mouth at any time they have a meeting with somebody. Oh, they yeah. Be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Queen and Jay. Queen you know, actually, uh-huh. you know, Queen and Jay. da 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 and don't ever talk to us nope. just using our names for i i guess clout i didn't know that was like a thing i i don't know it's weird it's fucking weird it's very weird yo i want you niggas to stop being fucking weird i need you to say my name say my name <laughs> when no one is around you. you say baby i love you you, you ain't playing it running say game. my name say my name you have a kind of shady I had to hear him say change by the yeah. sudden change. Um, okay, so there's that pit. Did we get did we say everything we had to say about that? Yeah. All right, cool. My last pit. Pit master over here. Yeah, my last pit. I don't even know who exactly I'm throwing in the pit. Probably just you niggas. <laughs> so a few weeks back, maybe about a month ago, um, there was there was a memo going around that was allegedly oh, from yes. that was allegedly oh, from yes. um Zeta Phi Beta sorority incorporated or i don't know if they're because i know they're bonded to um the sigma so i don't know if y'all is eight five beta sorority incorporated but whatever you are i don't know what any of this means yeah that's cool a black know they wear blue right yes blue and white black greek organization some of my closest friends are zetas i love you what's up but anyway there was a, a a document floating around that was said to be a diversity statement from Zeta Phi Beta. Within the document, it was like they were affirming their position that... They were excluding trans women. Yes, that you had to be um, born... You had to be assigned female at birth and currently living as what you were assigned at birth to join Zeta Phi Beta sorority, right? So the, the statement was wild transphobic. Yep, I remember. Right. At the time this was going around, right? I received, we received it from someone who we trust. Yes. Who received it from a Zeta. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, and I shared it. What I will say is there was no evidence that this was an actual real statement. It could have been some shit that somebody just typed up. It could have been anything. Yep. The reason why I shared it anyway is because regardless to whether this actually came from Zeta, regardless to whether this is some hater of Zeta who is just like trying to make them look bad, regardless to where it came from, it was transphobic transphobic and it needs to be addressed. Yes. It needs to be addressed. And I also shared it because as black people, we're so protective of our institutions, right? Any black institution that like we feel like is revered and respectable or whatever the fuck that like even like non-black greeks like we respect black greek organizations or whatever i guess well right a lot of them a lot of them do a lot of people do right but there's a reluctance to share anything that could make any of our those black greek organizations look bad in any way and that's the other reason why i shared it is because i know like Niggas are not going to share this. And we need to be talking about this. We Mm -hmm. need to have this conversation. I don't want to wait for it to be proven because that was the whole thing. I posted it and people were like, where's the proof? Where'd you get this? How is it? Why would you you post this without the proof? That post was weird. I had to turn it off. I had posted it. I made it public on Facebook because people wanted to share it or whatever. And it wasn't about slandering Zeta. But if somebody is being transphobic in the name of your organization, whether it is fake or not... Something needs to be said about it. Yes. 
Because, like you said, it's still transphobic. It's still transphobic. Something needs to be either, yo, this is some foolishness that was made on the internet. We had nothing and to do with this. And someone is using transphobic yes. as the tool for exactly. their hatred, which exactly. is transphobic. Yes. Or, or this was ours. We apologize. Yada, yada. Whatever it is, it needs yeah. to be this. Or this is ours. We are transphobic. We stand by it. Whatever it is, that <laughs> shit. I'm stepping. Transphobic. Yes, transphobic. I'm sure that's happened before. <laughs> I'm sure there have been multitudes of homophobic and transphobic step routines. But <sighs> I'm laughing at the stepping, not the transphobia. Exactly. But that stuff, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be discussed. There are, while we do know that there are trans folks in black Greek organizations, we also know that there are trans folks who have been turned away from, from black Greek yeah. organizations. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of these organizations, like they sell this idea that this is what we stand for across the country, across the board. Every campus is different. You go to one, one campus and the Deltas stand for this thing on this campus. You go to another campus, the Deltas here are on some other shit or whatever. It's different everywhere you go, even though they sell you because it's not a monolith. Black people are not a monolith. Every school has its own culture. Yeah. It's, it's people be on their own shit in different places. So you could be at one school where the Zetas on this campus or whatever Greek organization on this campus are wild accepting of all black people and you go to another one and this whole group of whatever this Greek organization is or is wild, homophobic, transphobic, whatever. Mm-hmm. It depends. And so that conversation needs to be had. So I got people who were mad that I shared it without proof, quote unquote, like yeah. mad people, like people who ain't even have any skin in the game were like, None. did you, like what's the source and for this? And it was coming up Da-da-da-da-da. with sources that were not... <laughs> It was Anything. a lot of weird shit. It was, it was a lot of weird shit happening. So weird. There were Zetas who hit me up, like, annoyed at me for sharing it. But, like, are you not going to address this transphobia? Like, are you mad because we're not transphobic? Or are you mad because why am, why am I talking about yeah. this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Not saying this this is not real. This doesn't, you know. Or, but it was this whole thing. Of, this is not on Zeta letter, Zeta letterhead. Everything comes on. Guys, this is something that would look like it was screenshot from the internet. I was about to say that. It was a screenshot. We know what the, like, yes, come on. Yes, yes. I'm not a fucking investigative And even journalist. if it was on letterhead, it would have been like, they forced this letterhead. Yeah. They would have just found all yeah. of these ways. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the thing. Like, say, but nothing in that statement. Like, okay, say this was forged. We are not transphobic. Say that shit. Yeah. But that's not what was being said. It was like, we don't know if this is real, da 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 all this shit. Um, right. Also, I try, what I was saying is on social media, I try to be honest, truthful, not share things that are harmful or false or like just sensational or like problematic or whatever. But for me, I didn't care if this was real or not. This transphobia happening here, it needs to be discussed and addressed and we need to explore this. And this will, even though I'm not a starter conversation motherfucker, there, this is a conversation that everyone else is having. I want to see black Greeks have this conversation publicly because it is hurting people. This document is publicly hurting hurting people. people. Whether it came from Zeta or, or not. not. Yep. So anyway, fast forward yeah, to, so what happened to a- like May 12th-ish. Mm-hmm. Essence does the investigative reporting yes. and the article comes out talking about uh, how this was in fact an authentic Zeta document. Yep. It was a previous diversity statement uh previous as in this year, January 2019. Yeah. Okay. That was released within the organization yeah. whether all of y'all saw it or all of y'all pay your dues or not and didn't get the message or looked at it and didn't, and didn't think, think anything, anything of it because you don't think about trans folks and you don't give a fuck exactly 
Um, but here's the, here's the thing. If we had not shared it, those of us who shared it, if we had not shared it, if we had not talked about it, if we had not um, risked ourselves and people saying oh this is not real why would you da, 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 who why would you uh, and like people have dismissed me because i shared this thing mm-hmm. if we didn't do that this wouldn't happen this conversation wouldn't happen yeah, they what, wouldn't come like they what have essence investigate you yeah know what i mean they like came out exactly zeta happen? came out and denounced that statement they affirmed that they have been or aimed to be inclusive of trans folks they have affirmed, which I knew that there were trans folks within the organization. Because yeah. again, like I said, you could be on one shit on one campus and on some other shit on another campus right. or whatever. But they affirmed that and they affirmed that they are not exclusive. They're not excluding trans women. Yeah. Cool. Great. Yep. That's it. That's it. Fantastic. That's okay. It. But it's important that when it comes to homophobia, transphobia, racism, or whatever, the important thing is that those things be addressed. And it's not always about, is this an authentic document? It came from somewhere. Why is someone being homophobic, racist, transphobic, whatever, in the name of your organization? That should be addressed. I want to throw in a pit the people who were in your thread mm-hmm. when you were when you posted it originally. Mm-hmm. Then when you posted the Essence article, it, oh, was, well, it was private. Crickets. It was probably crickets because I had made it private oh, by then. Because I was, was like, crickets. I don't have time for this. It's not healthy. I tagged in the other one like I'm being mm-hmm. petty and I put the Essence mm-hmm. article there. Mm-hmm. So whoever was in that thread yeah. got an alert for that article. That's true. So where the fuck? That's why I went in there. You mm-hmm. know, because I'm petty mm-hmm. and I put the Essence article there. Because yeah. you're not going to just be like coming at my friend. Yeah. And it was... I'm petty. It was like ridiculous. Petty, and I got receipts. It was ridiculous. It was strange. It was ridiculous. Most of those people who were being ridiculous were dry in your post, so there's that. Definitely dry, unmoisturized, and all of that. Um, but just couldn't fathom why I would share this thing that had not been proven. Yo, I don't need the proof that something is real or not. It is real transphobia happening right now. So, like, what are we gonna do about it? And either way. This post, that mm-hmm. document, is an act of transphobia. Yes. Period. In it, within itself. Period. Within itself. And like, it came from somewhere. And that's the black-ass bottom line, to quote that's Nikita. Well, like, it's the power of pine soul. That's right. All right, I think we did a show. Yeah, we did do a show. Remember to save the date. Juneteenth, yes. June 19th, we will have the RSP, RSVP link up soon. So just check us out on the social meds to get that because mm-hmm. we want to turn up with you. That is right. That's happening June 19th from 6 to 10 at Vaughn. Also remind us about Carefree Black Girl Picnic. Yeah, I will be at the, it's a cookout. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> okay. Cookouts are different from picnics. Yes, they are. We are at the, I will be at the Carefree Black Girl Cookout doing um, affirmation and attention setting workshops um that is at herbert von king park in brooklyn the rsvp link is in the show notes this is a free event free black ass time so come through just make sure you rsvp so that they can account for how many people will be in the space um yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be lit mm-hmm. have some good ideas in my tent and it's gonna be cute oh you get a tent yeah i had a tent last year i just didn't put it up because i was oh because oh, oh. Okay. i was in the shady area i'm like i'm gonna need this yeah and you know i'm lazy i ain't gonna put that up yeah. um but i'm gonna put that one part. i'm gonna put one up okay. this year all right cool. <laughs> yeah so come see me 
Fantastic. You can follow us on the social medias at T with QJ on Twitter and Instagram. We are on Facebook and Tumblr at T with Queen and J. You can check out our website, T with Queen and J.com. We posted all the pics from uh, Pod and Live NYC 2019 on our, website, yeah. on our website. So you can check those out. Thank you so much to Danny and Cleo of hashtag Beatric Film. Well, their information is there as well. So if you reshare photos from the event, please be sure to hashtag Pod and Live NYC and be sure to Toots. at Beatric Film on Instagram yep, yep, um, yep. or to hashtag Beatric Film. Yeah, we also have the link to the pictures that Dom took mm-hmm. um, as well. Same rules apply yep. um, for those pictures as well if you post them, but they're all That's on right. the page. That is right. On the website. And I'll put probably, I'll put the direct links here in the show notes as well. If you want to send us T-mail, you can hit us up at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. You can send us your donations via our Patreon and PayPal. The link to those will also be in the show notes. Whatever platform you are listening to us on, please be sure to rate, subscribe, share that shit. Please do all that shit. We love if you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. we five-star chicks. Yes. Five-star We do chicks. read them. Um, I know that we have not been reading them lately because we have a lot of content and shit going on on the podcast, so it's been hard to read those i've been reading them on, we've been reading them on our own time yeah They're we really, do really read sweet. them we do appreciate them i see y'all getting in a little bit more on cast box oh. yeah. all right cool mm. cool cool yeah so please be sure to do that and talk to people about us don't treat us like your fucking podcast side bitch yo don't <laughs> also treat your side bitch better also stop calling her a side bitch she's not a side bitch yeah there's no such thing but anyway that's it? We did everything? Yep, we did. Okay. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Say her name. Maybe he doesn't hit you. Stop killing trans women. Trans lives matter. Disability too white. Why I stayed. You okay, sis? Spoony chat. Black Panther so lit. Film this. Tea with QJ. Pod and live NYC. Yes. Pods in color. Homecoming. Hashtag Interhole Uprising. Marsha's Plate. Bag Ladies, Unpack BG, Queer Walk, Queer Walk Pod, Sexually Liberated Woman. That's so funny how we just made them a hashtag. It's important. Gotta add pod. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support by a black girl named Sam Riddell. Thank you. Tea with Queen and Jay. Where we We turn turn up up responsibly. responsibly. To people to see me in public, because I be going out a lot. Know what I'm saying? Like, when y'all see me, can y'all please not scream out my name? Like, like, just come up to me, say hi. You know what I'm saying? I be trying to be low-key. I be trying to buy some fucking panties and Target and shit and fucking ten types. And y'all be blowing up my motherfucking spot and shit. Like, the fuck? Like, I'm going to say hi and I might, I, I give you a hug and everything. But goddamn, don't scream out my name. Fucking blow me the fuck up. And then y'all be motherfucking asking me these dumb ass questions. Like, what are you doing here? Bitch, the same shit you doing here. Motherfucker stealing. <laughs>